Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. Today, I'm joined by James Lowe, who, alongside John Ogier, run Lyles in Shoreditch and Floor in Borough Market. James is about to open, in fact, today he's about to open ASAP Pizza, a pizza takeaway restaurant on the ground floor of on the ground floor of Floor in Borough Market. And James is here to talk a little bit about that, and also a bit about his plans for reopening Lyles, um, hopefully next month. Welcome, James. So. First of all, tell us a little bit about ASAP Pizza. Where did the idea from that come from? So um, ASAP uh, came from, slightly from something that we wanted to do in the future. And then the fact that um, we were kind of in lockdown and trying desperately to work out how we can reopen Floor and Lyles and what we would do. Um, And this kind of whole lockdown period has, I guess, accelerated the... uh, the need or our desire to do ASAP. Um, we ended up called the, it wasn't the uh, intended name for, we hadn't bothered thinking about the name for, for what would be our third site, but it all came from a um, conversation with my cousin uh, just as we were making the decision to close. I think it might have been like the day after we kind of closed and uh, we were talking to each other about what they're doing. He builds websites, does a lot of them. Um, uh, web design and app design and uh, I kind of said hey what are you up to I guess it's kind of the same because he, he works in kind of shared workspaces all the time anyway mm-hmm. um, and I was like oh has anything changed for you he said not really and I said well I think I think the thing we're going to have to do at floor was to come up with uh, pizza takeout ASAP I said but I haven't got a clue what we're going to do or what to call it and he just kind of screenshotted our message and go there you go you've got your you've got your brand there call it ASAP <laughs> and then we kind of joked about it. I was like, yeah, okay, maybe. And then he went online and and said, ASAP.pizza is for sale as a domain name. And I was like, right, that's it. Buy it. And that's going to be what we call it. And then as usual with things like with Lyles and with Floor, after I kind of proposed the initial name, no one really challenged it or uh, came up with anything else. And so that's what we went with. Um, but uh, But the idea is, I don't know, it's just... I've always loved pizza. I've loved, used to love going to New York. Used to go regularly and always eat eat pizza and just kind of never understood why you can get, there are so many amazing pizza restaurants in the States and why we've never really understood that in the UK. And um, I just don't think, it's quite odd. Like if you look at, if you look at something like Eater or if you look at Zagat Guide and you look at top five pizzas in New York or other cities in the States, they change every year because people are always pushing and always doing new things and always um, uh, coming up with, like, upping the game and bettering the pizza all the time. If you look at the London kind of top five pizza, they've been pretty much the same for years and years. They don't really change. And no one's really pushing it in what I consider to be, like, the right direction, which is that of more produce-driven and kind of really uh, quality ingredients and also kind of time and skill and thought on the things like the dough. So that's kind of what we wanted to do. And ASAP is not going to be what we will do in the future when we finally get the chance. You know, who knows what that will be now with um, having to look at how to get various investment and what the property market will be like and all sorts of stuff. Um, but um, the kind of the style of the pizza is very much what we'll be, want to do in the future. So it's using heritage wheat. It's using, as you say, it's using, uh, you know, really in, 
good quality produce, something that obviously, you know, you, you, you've always done at Lyles and, and at Floor. Um, the, the wheat angle, is that, does that mean they'll taste differently from what, from what else is out there? I mean, because obviously the dough is, you know, is a, is, is a pretty crucial part of, of, of the pizza process. Yeah. Well, I think um, the pizza's just going to be very different in general. I think um, our, the doughs are, make a huge difference. Like if you are, the way in which you make the dough and the, and the, how, it, how the flour is ground have loads of effects on the pizza crust. So I don't know if you've had, you know, you get, um, you can get plenty of kind of what people might call artisan pizzas or whatever, and the crust just ends up being incredibly chewy. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's not necessarily a good thing. It's a, it's a weird thing because Italian pizzas aren't sourdough pizzas. So it's not like you're trying to say this is an Italian pizza. Italian pizza is made with really fine flour, high gluten, um, and you get a totally different kind of pizza crust. And then you've also got different, but also just to say Italian pizza is just a silly thing to say anyway, because there's all sorts of types all across country. Roman style is super different to Napoli pizza. Um, and it's definitely the kind of the Roman style places like Bonchi in Rome that we really love and that were kind of, I guess, our starting point. And they are far breadier, bread eater than the sort of um, thin crust that I think, I don't know, it's weird. I don't know what entirely what British people think a pizza should be. And that's definitely something that we um, we found we did the pastries at, at Floor. And which I think I'm kind of not concerned about, but, you know, it's going to be a thing with, with, the, with the pizza as well, is that, you know, our pastries at Floor didn't look like or don't look like what everyone pictures the perfect croissant to be or the perfect kind of chocolate because... Yeah. Everyone thinks that that is something that's beautiful, bright, light, white inside, and really super crispy. And that's not what happens when you use uh, British wheats because they don't have the same gluten. And we're using butter made in the UK, so it's not as kind of refined as the kind of the French blocks of uh, butter that you buy for pastry normally. You just don't get the same lamination. And that's um, we can create something really light. But, you know, people cut into a crust on it's kind of it's a bit like brown almost. And people are like a bit weirded out by it. There's also an awful lot of flavor in the pastry, which people aren't used to. And mm-hmm. so that, again, is a bit of a challenge. And that was something that, uh, you know, we thought people weren't really, I don't know, not, not necessarily not ready for, but just, you know, didn't expect. I guess because, you know, we're going to make it the best. Or when you say something like that, that's a super subjective term. And so, and, and what's the best best for me is not what is, I guess, considered the best normally. I think, you know, um, we can always say that I want you know, everything we set about doing. I say, I want this to be the best wine bar. I want Lars to be the best British restaurant. And I want this to be the best pizza in London. But people have their own idea of what pizza is supposed to be. And so they may very well have a look at this and go, this is weird. This isn't what a base is supposed to be like. This isn't what a, you know it's supposed to be like. But it's um, what's important is that I think what we're doing is the best, and we think we're doing what we set out to do. Whether a lot of people think it's the best or not, I don't really mind. But I do think that whether or not you're worried about you know who's doing the best and who's doing this and that, pizza is going to taste awesome. And you've got 
Chef Pam Young as the creative director of ASAP. I know she did a, a one of the guest series of you a few years ago back at Lyles, but can you tell us a little bit about, about her involvement in ASAP and, and how she's become to be part of this project? So uh, I first met Pam maybe about eight years ago. Uh, I did an event in New York um, with Ignacio, a chef called Ignacio Matos, and he had just, he had a place called Issa in Brooklyn, which actually just closed. And he was, Ignacio is just an amazing chef. He now has, has moved on to Estella, and he has um, Cafe Altra Paradiso uh, and Flora Bar in, in New York. And I just think they're all incredible restaurants. He is a brilliant chef. And um, Pam was his pastry chef. So we did this dinner together. And as we were talking, we were like, hey, what are we going to do you know, for dessert and bread? And he's like, don't worry about it, man. I've got my pastry chef coming. She's going to do the bread. And I was like, okay, great. Where's she going to do the bread, though, for a pop-up? She's like, oh, she's going to bake it at home. She's going to sort it out. She'll, you know, she's got friends. And I was like, okay, cool. All right, let's see how this works out. And Pam just showed up with kind of having been given two days' notice and made bread for 200 people and also nailed the dessert as well. And I was like, who the hell is this woman? She is amazing. And she was just so slick. And I was like, this is some of the best bread I've ever had. How did you do this in two days when the restaurant's closed and you know you hadn't baked anything? You know, just out of the blue, and um, and also she's just so efficient and just such a pro and worked so well. And I was like, God, I really, I would love to. You know, just when you work with people when you do these collaborations either abroad or in the UK, and just like I really want to work with you again, or you kind of think, I wish I'd worked with you on the line somewhere back in the day or something like that. So anyway, yeah, I got over for guest series. And we chatted loads, and I realised we kind of we got to know each other a lot better, and um, talked about restaurants, food, stayed in, and stayed in much closer contact after that. And then when Floor was opening up, I just thought she was the perfect person for it because although she's very pastry and bread oriented, I knew that she loved pizza and had done pizza pop-ups with some of the best people around anywhere. And I just thought she'd be really good to run ideas through, talk about wine bar. Like she, she like no one else I've ever worked with at Lyles or anywhere really has been so kind of just in sync, I guess, with what I, what I want for Flora, what I wanted for that place. And, you know, kind of every menu I dish came up with was, yeah, absolutely, 100% that's going on straight away. We don't need to test it. I don't need to think about it. Like that's... Def, that's what I want. That's the sort of thing. And so, and she's been kind of over kind of doing consulting and helping with pastry and, and with the bread and just everything. She's just incredibly talented and this is right up her street. And uh, she thought initially I was joking and I was like, this is what we need to do. But then also, just like, well, hell, that's great. I'd love to do that. And how are you feeling about about the prospect of reopening Lyles and, and Floor and, and and opening ASAP. Yeah, pretty excited for pretty excited and also yeah. very nervous because it's not it's very different to restaurant service. We've kind of put this together incredibly fast, and uh, I feel like it's almost more unknown. I feel slightly more uncertain about it than I did before opening Lyles and Floor, which is weird um, because. It's it's like equally important. It's another business decision. It is a it is another brand, and it is a kind of another. It is a separate business almost, and um, 
yeah, how fast we've had to come up with it and finish everything off is feels a bit odd. <laughs> yeah. So how many people are are in the kitchen? I mean, what how, how, what kind of numbers are you going to do you think you'd be able to cope with kind of when you when you when you start? Well, I guess we're going to find out this week. But um, the issue with floor and the, the reason we've had to come up with something different is that floor it's very small. If there's any kind of distance restriction on it, and we kind of looked at you know up until really only a I guess last week we were everyone was kind of expecting it to be two meters. There's been a lot of challenging of that, and I think it was uh, Boris had an, um, well, maybe actually it was ten, ten, twelve days ago. Actually, uh, during uh, questions, um, did kind of hint, lay the first hint that he was open to the idea that it, w- it didn't have to be two meters. And I think given that the mm. WHO are saying recommendation is one meter, I don't see why. Although yes, the UK has been in the bad state, really badly affected by it. I don't see why we should be at two meters if no one else is. Um, but anyway, doing the maths on that, floor is tiny. It's it's small and buzzy, and it's what we wanted. And it's all the small buzzy places that are um, really scratching their heads over what they can do because we've got 23 seats on the first floor. With two meters, we were down to six, and that just doesn't work. That's I mean, that's uh, that really doesn't work. And the ground floor, because of production and because of everything else, we went down from 18 seats to zero because there are too many to to be able to produce the food we need to spread the team out across the kitchen and because it's over a bar so you're face to face with guests that's an immediate no-no so we've gone from 41 seats to six and it's just like well that's just what on earth are we going to do because we that doesn't work and Lars is completely different Lars is fairly spaced out anyway always has been you know every industry person that's come into to eat with us or to kind of talk with us about last since we opened, especially when we opened, it's like, cool, you could have put more more seats in here. Yeah, we could, but I didn't mm. want more seats. I wanted, you know, the number of seats we had. Lars was a bit bigger than I kind of wanted my restaurant to be. So we just kind of took up the space. And um, and now with various distancing restrictions, two meters is absolutely not great. But it is, it is a over, we can do over 50% of the seats. One meter is way better. And with a skeleton team that we would open with, and with limited services, that we wouldn't open. We wouldn't open uh, Monday to Saturday straight away. There's no point. Um, we can make Lars work. So Lars was less of a stress because we kind of, <laughs> we were, I guess we were kind of already there, or we knew what we were going to be doing. It was a lot closer to what we did before. But floor was the headache, and. Um, you just have so many you're just responsible for so many people and uh that was by a long way the most stressful part of the initial close down or when things that we started realizing that was the way it had to go um just like this how on earth do we look after these people and what do we do to get them to get them some money and i think um that's also been you know we've so we've got ASAP launching, we reopened floor Friday and Saturdays at the market um, and we have started in the, over the last two weeks doing bread and pastries both for wholesale customers so to kind of these new, you know, lots of people have turned their either wine bars, restaurants, shops into kind of delis or food hubs and so we, we're selling to them basically, we're selling our bread, pastries, some cakes, tarts, other stuff. Um, but that only started two weeks ago. So we've got a situation where we managed to find 
you know, we haven't found shifts for everyone. Some people are back and, and like fully into it. You know, the pastry, the pastry and baking is specialized. So Helen, our baker, straight back into five day weeks. And she's essentially doing the same hours. Whereas I've got people at Lyle's because we haven't reopened who have got no hours. And uh, so there's all sorts of new guilt associated by the fact that we've managed to help out some people and haven't really been able to do anything for others. And front of house is another nightmare because, you know, food production doesn't require any front of house. And uh, so we've kind of, you know, yeah, some people we've, I feel like we've done well taken care of, but other people we just have not found anything to give them. And a lot of our thinking is, you know, when we've kind of proposed ideas or here's what we're going to do, some people have said, is that going to work? Is that, is that like enough hours? And you've kind of said, well, you know, a lot of our thinking is that what can we come up with that will require people's time that we can, so that we can give shifts to people and be able to pay them. So there's kind of all sorts of motivation behind the various like, problem-solving things that we've had to do, but definitely making sure that we've got things for our team is, um, is really up there. Sure. And in terms of, so obviously ASAP is opening now, while obviously restaurants themselves remain closed for eating. When you get the green light to um, to open again fully, is does is is that going to be the downstairs a floor for the time being because of the distancing? I mean, how long might it last before you you bring floor back in its original guise? Does do you put ASAP Pizza on hold until you find a, a permanent site for it? How, what are you, how are you? How is it looking? Kind of like maybe two or three months down the line for ASAP. Well, trust um, both John and I. Sometimes, to the frustration of our business partner or other people, or even our employees, uh, are very flexible. We kind of have a plan for something. We kind of have alter, alternates for that. But one of the things or one of the things I consider to be a strength that we have or also that I think is useful for people to learn from working with us is that uh, I don't mind changing things last minute and I don't mind, I don't see it as a failure if the first idea doesn't work and I think it's totally okay to admit to people that, oh, holy crap, we got that wrong. Let's do this instead. So we... All these decisions, because that question is coming from all over the place. It's coming from our landlords, it's coming from business partners, it's coming from our team. There is no set date as to when we change things back. The, the hope is, we know that if it's two meters, floor can't work. So we have to come up with some idea. Some idea is ASAP. If ASAP is working and we're able to keep give everyone shifts um, and it's turning over enough and we've got these other deals being worked out with landlords, and obviously we've, we're um, free of rates at the moment, um, then that will kind of, would, would probably be what we carry on with. There's all sorts of things that Borough, who are our landlord down at Flora and ASAP, are trying to do. They're coming up with ideas for outside seating, and they've even proposed that there's a, there's a space adjacent to us, which is currently empty, that you know perhaps we could... Uh, knock through into that, and we would be there would be a deal on that space. As a, you know, so if we're restricted, you know, so distancing means we're down to too few covers. What about if we can help you increase your square footage? Then maybe you could do more people. So there's like 
there's a lot uh, to juggle, lots of possibilities at the moment um, with floor, which is, you know, a good thing to have. Certainly better than having no options, right? So, Absolutely. right there, I don't really mind. I want floor to come back um, in the future. So do I. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. There's no way. You know, I'm, I, we don't make decisions based entirely or, well, rarely on financial uh, motivation. We just need it to be enough to kind of continue. But even if ASAP was runaway hit like we couldn't have imagined, I still want floor. So we would go back because we can make floor work. So I would still rather that site be floor. And we either look for, you know, this is the thing when we, we're opening floor. We had so many talented people want to come and work with us that I was sitting, I was sitting, I remember it was like two, three weeks into the build of a kind of a 10, 12 week build. And I was sitting in the smoking goat in C building, sitting at the bar, just grabbing, grabbing some food. And I just thought, God, I wish floor was this size because we just didn't have, I just, there was just so much interest in it and so many great people coming to work, wanted to work for us. We didn't have space for them. And I just thought, I wish, and I just kind of sat there thinking, we need another site really fast because we put so many different ideas into this tiny space because we just wanted to see them and test it. But it didn't really make much sense. Um, so what we'd like to do for the future is take some of those elements out, still kind of have the same offer for people, but have it less cramped and have more efficiency for the people who do work there and have a, them have a better environment to work in because right now it's so it's so hectic in there it's so small it's so cramped which is great and challenging and i love working in a small kitchen again but also it does cause a lot of unnecessary stress and we try and always go you know always trying to problem solve and work out ways or systems or methods to kind of take away unnecessary stress because working in restaurants difficult enough as it is so let's kind of you know if we can fix something let's try and fix it um, so I think I think floor will come back to floor, but but it's um, with inevitable changes. You know, we're already looking at thinking about. You know, we got we've uh, we got some soft serve ice cream machines now for 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 the weekends at, at Borough, and it's brilliant and it totally fits in with what floor was. So there's kind of there will be it's inevitable that you kind of pick up things and there'll be some changes and maybe some of the things we've done with ASAP in the meantime, the sort of testing of new flatbreads or different sizes, maybe that comes back somehow. Maybe we, you know, one of the things we have to do is um, we used to have four people behind that tiny kitchen plus somebody on the bar doing coffee. We can't do that right now. It has to be two. That's that's all we're allowed to have. So what we've had to do is like, right, how many people do we have? How many people are we allowed? And we have to design a menu that two people can do. There's no point in being overly ambitious and being, you know, you can't be doing flatbreads at the same time as roasting pigeon at the same time as doing all these other things, cooked to order, sliced to order, dressed to order, like I like, you know, like I like to do. It just doesn't work anymore. So you have to come up with something that people, that is still really great and doesn't feel like you are um, taking shortcuts. And, and just finally then, so you talked about, you know, Lyle's you know, being easier to reopen than, than, than floor. Do you think you can get it? Are you, when is your kind of time frame to reopen? Some restaurateurs say they're ready to go. Other other people are saying that they're not. You know, they're not ready even come come fourth of July or maybe earlier, and they're going to have to wait until a later time. How about for for, for your plans and when and when Lars can get back up and running? 
So Lars, we're not obviously we're we're really keen to get going, and even just bringing back, you know, like half the team at the moment, a bit less than half the team, but let's say like half the kitchen team for kind of the initial briefings and getting the setup for the pastry and the bread and getting floor going again. I wasn't prepared for how excited I was on those first couple of days. Um, because you're just, you know, you're seeing everyone again and it's so good. You, and you've, you've only been seeing everyone through Zoom or um, talking on the phone. And to actually have everyone in front of you again is really thrilling, as, um, both because you feel like you're, you know, you're, back, you're getting back on track and also just to, because you miss working with these people. We have an amazing team at Lars and Floor. And just to see them all again and get, get, get going is, we're, you know, really keen to do it. Um, we, I don't think necessarily we need to be open on the first night that we're allowed to. Um, one of the issues with us is that we have a really international kitchen. I've currently got seven of my team are abroad. I've got four Australians, including two sous chefs. Two of my sous chefs are abroad at the moment. Uh, someone in New Zealand, someone in Japan, someone in Spain, someone in France, someone in Switzerland. Yeah, that's um, So there's all sorts of issues there where this new quarantine period that's been decided as 14 yeah. days sounds not ideal. I don't think people from Australia are actually even able to travel yet. So if they were to say you can open next week, which and I do feel I've started over the last couple of weeks, started to come to the realization that it's entirely possible. They'll say at some point on one of their briefings next week, you can go again. And after all this time of, you know, restaurants complaining about saying, oh, we need to reopen what's happening. We need confirmed dates. Is then going to be exactly the other, the other side, which is what so soon, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, we need more notice than that. <laughs> you know? And we, we will do, because if I, if I, if we get told you can reopen next week, then I've got to contact all these other people and say, hey, um, you know, that's the, they're three weeks away essentially from coming back. So we're not, I'm going to, I'm actually preparing at the moment a bit of a, I've kind of treated the overseas team as a separate kind of group almost and we've kind of kept them updated with different things. Um, but I am about to tell them to be looking for flights and getting back to me on their possible travel dates. Um, but I think it'll be very much based on them. That was the latest United We Stand podcast. Join us again when we'll be speaking to someone from the hospitality sector about how they're dealing with life during lockdown. <laughs>